Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Thank you to the Blue Bear Barn for having me uh, this past uh, past weekend with the Emma Holden Trio. It was fantastic. It was a really cool place. It was actually in a barn out in the woods in Antioch. Um, just really cool, rustic vibe. They broadcast the thing online. They have a they have a band play, and then they'll cut away uh, from the recording and streaming of the show over to a solo artist. The solo artist will play. The other band will set up, and then they'll put it back on the band. There's an MC. It was just a lot of fun. Good vibe. Definitely check it out if you're into it. I think their Instagram is just Blue Bear Barn. Um, that being said, my schedule is starting to fill up in November for bass playing and producing. So if you need anything, now would be the time to reach out. I'd be happy to work on your project. At least pitch it to me. What's the worst that'll happen is I'll say yes in .02 seconds because I'm desperate. Just kidding. I'm not desperate. Um, on to this episode. So this new episode is with none other than Justin Collins of Justin and the Cosmics. This is probably one of my favorite episodes I've done. Justin is cool as fuck. He's also born as fuck. Um, he is in the band, like I was saying, Justin and the Cosmics. They just released a record, Perf, that came out. And you should definitely check that out. He's got some dates coming up. October 20th in Chattanooga at JJ's Bohemia. October 27th in Nashville at Soft Junk. November 9th in Nashville at the Five Spot. December 7th in Memphis at DKDC. December 29th in Nashville at the Five Spot. Uh, And you are about to listen to the song Cutter Blues off the new album Perf. And then at the end of the episode, you are going to hear the song Born AF. As of yet, unreleased. So this is a Poptimist exclusive. Thank you for listening.
Optimist Podcast. Today we have the one and only Justin Collins of Justin in the Cosmics. Hey there. Thank you for coming on. Um, do you want to start off just by plugging your social media? Like where can people find you on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or anything like uh, that? Yeah, I'm not on uh, Twitter, but I'm on Instagram as hanging out in my body. Uh, and then we're on Facebook uh, as Justin in the Cosmics which is my band, which features uh, Kyle Walsh on drums, Connor Lynch on bass, myself, and my brother on guitar. And you guys just released a new record. We just released a new record. Called Perf. Called Perf. What was, uh, what was the recording process for that like? Um, basically just hit, hit record and we played. And uh, it was over. Live at Arden? <laughs> yeah. No, it was literally live. We didn't... Um, we went there uh, to make a live record because we were trying to capture what we, we do live uh, and had been wanting to do it for a long time. And coincidentally, uh, this guy, Pat Sansone, who is a uh, musician and the band Wilco, and a producer, and he just uh, happened to see his play and said, hey, you guys have to come to Arden Studio in Memphis, and we got to record this. So we were like, okay. And went there, and uh, we took two days. Well, we set up the first day and then played the set two times in a row, and uh, thought that we were done thought that maybe we had it. I don't think we felt like we accomplished what we wanted, but we thought that we were done. I'd lost my voice. And uh, we went in the next day to try to do a song that we didn't even attempt the first day. And somehow it all came to, and Pat uh, talked to Cinda trying to do the set again. So we did the whole set again all the way through. And that's the record. And that's that. So yeah, we've literally pushed record and played the set, and that's it. There's no overdubs, there's no fixes, and uh, that's the record. It's ferocious. I think that's the the best uh, way to describe it. It's very similar to your guys' live show. It has that same kind of energy, that same kind of bite. Was that a conscious decision that you made going into this? Is kind of in contrast to your last record, Schooly Dreams which was a little more uh, studio produced. Sure, yeah. No, it was very conscious. I mean, that's what we wanted to do. We didn't want to have to fix anything. We wanted all the flaws to be there. I mean, all of my favorite records that I've ever listened to, the, the flaws and quote-unquote mistakes are the things that always got me off, and that's just kind of what we do. Uh, we try to embrace those things. And... Uh, the only way to really get those things, I feel like, is to not fix anything or redo anything, even if you think it should be fixed or redone. So that's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. Even even with us who wanted to do that, it, there were still plenty of moments where everyone was second guessing, you know. But mm -hmm. we made a creed going into it, that no matter how, how much we felt that way, we weren't allowed to do it. So that was a decision you guys kind of made beforehand, yeah. saying, 
we're just going to go balls to the yeah. wall, basically, and we're going to capture what we, yeah. we unless, really are. Unless it was, like, a really bad, like, base fuck-up or something. Yeah. And fortunately, that didn't happen, so... That's always yeah. a good thing when the bass player doesn't yeah. fuck up. Yeah, yeah, and especially in our band. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you artistically and mentally prepare yourself for this? I know there was some help from the, the crystal realm. <laughs> the crystal realm. No, the crystal realm was just a thing. Um, my brother's really into like crystal healing, and I was aware of it, but... Uh, Connor and Kyle weren't really aware of it and we had all our shit set up in the studio and Scott starts pulling out all these crystals <laughs> and sitting them on his amps and uh, doing his thing with them so we were just I mean of course a lot of people were making fun of him I'm not I wasn't making fun of him because I'm, I'm kind of into 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 that too but uh, it was a running joke to say the least uh, even like put one under his pillow in the hotel room and sleep. Hey, maybe <laughs> but, it, it was but day the two. reason we it was day two. The reason we call it the Crystal Realm because like day two when we went in and we thought we were done and hadn't accomplished what we set out to accomplish and ended up recording the whole record. No one expected to. We thought we were just going to pull up rough mixes and leave, but we all uh, ended up staying in there and it felt so good. We like we didn't even leave the tracking room until it was done. But we were all we were all uh, blaming the crystals on that. So we said that we entered the crystal realm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I mean, it sounds like it. It yeah. sounds fierce. Yeah. And then the next show we did, Connor went and bought a bunch of crystal cheeseburgers and put them on his. Face. <laughs> <laughs> Same effect or different yeah. effect? Yeah, it didn't do anything. <laughs> it just stunk up the place. <laughs> Smelled like onions and old cheese. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've noticed in um, in your music is there's kind of a this this feeling throughout all of it, almost like a like a director or something like that. When I first heard Schooly Dreams, one of the first things that came to mind was David Lynch, um, and I, I thought that is something that kind of just translates into into what you do. Are you a David Lynch fan? I'm a huge David Lynch fan, but it's funny that like I I never yeah I don't. I think that that's felt more than heard uh, with the music. I mean, I love all the music and all of his films, even the weird, noisy shit, but I don't think it's ever been like directly an influence musically. Mm -hmm. But I'm a huge fan of his work uh, and as him as a person. I don't know him, but from what I gather and think, you know, the person I think he is, but. Um, so yeah, no, that's actually really great because like his the world that he creates in all his films is a world that definitely sucks me in, and uh, I guess as an artist myself, I I tried to, to kind of do that, mm -hmm. but never with him in mind. So that's like a huge compliment. To me, yeah. So. Well, I think it's it's authentic, you know, and I think um, there's just this. The surrealist sense, I think that's what it is that I, I find similar in, in both him and you. Um, and you can't, you can't even copy that or replicate that. It's just either something that you have or you don't as an artist. Uh, I, that's, that's awesome. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I for mean, sure. <clears throat> the only, I mean, I can, and I also get that. I'm not, you know, I thank you, and, but I also, like, get what you're saying. Like, I, I feel like he... Uh, I feel like I operate from my with my instincts more than I do anything else. So because of that, there are like flaws and not a lot of second guessing. Mm -hmm. um, so I could see how that would that would make sense because I feel like he kind of does the same thing with his work. It doesn't often make sense, but it also opens up your eyes and mind to a lot of ideas and things that inspire you or or make you like remember like oh yeah I've, like that makes sense or like you can make sense of what he's doing I don't know if that's what he's trying to communicate to you that's the thing about but, him but you, you never tap really into know. something and it like it really like brings things out of you 
that you either knew or didn't know or remembered, you know. So I'm totally into that, you know. I don't know if I'm, we're as obscure as him, and I hope not. I don't want to be that obscure. But, um, but yeah, that's what I love about what he does. Did you watch Twin Peaks Season 3, yes. The Return? Yeah, I loved it. I what did, loved it. What did you think of it? Spoiler alert to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Um, man, I thought it was... I think it's my favorite thing that he's ever done. Wow, okay. Why is it your yeah. favorite thing? Because it's like... It's him doing Twin Peaks, the, like the original Twin Peaks, but like 25 years later. Mm-hmm. Like when his, All of his, his experience. His craft is so much sharper and so... But it's funny, his craft is so much sharper, like just like technically, mm-hmm. but like as a storyline and everything, it's still, like it's maybe even more bizarre than anything he's ever done. But like, like I said, again, it's like you watch it and... Do you, everyone makes their own sense of it, or or not, or just trying to figure it out. But those things, little things that you're trying to figure out, like makes you tap into things of yourself that you didn't know were there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, like I mean, like I guess the when I think about that season, which I don't even think he knew. I don't think he knows what's going on in it. I really don't. I think he's just so instinctual. The way he works, it's just like every he'll, his ideas come off while they're working, like while they're making it. I don't know if that's true, but I'm pretty certain. It feels that way. I feel like he doesn't even know what's happening. He's still trying to unfold it himself. But there is the thing, like to me, like what what I got from it is like with Cooper, like he never he's Dougie Jones the whole time. Uh huh. The whole time until what is it? The second to last episode. Yep. And, like, he finally comes to, and, like, the whole time we're all waiting for him to come to. And when he comes to, he's, like, that Cooper. Yeah. yeah. It gives me chills talking about it. Yeah. But, like, to me, it's, like, when, when that happens, it's so beautiful because, like, you don't think he's ever going to be Cooper again. But he is, and he's, like, wide awake. But to me, it's, it's like, like everyone kind of feels that. It's, like, man, like, we can all, we all know that, like, we can all wake up at some point. It's, like, being awake. It's, like, we all. Interesting have that in us and we all want that like we all want to be that awake our truth you know that I mean? lives yeah. in us yeah like that's what I felt from that whole thing because we had to wait that long you know but we're all kind of living that way this is just what I'm taking from it I have no idea I think that I don't even think he knows but um, but yeah like that to me was just like huge you know but then like after that whenever he goes like into the in the last episode, people that are listening to this may not have any idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, but the very last episode, when they enter that other dimension where time starts getting all askew, yeah. and then he like becomes all of the Coopers, like Bad Cooper, Cooper, Dougie. Dougie. He's like all of them in one. So I know like with David Lynch, like time is a, is a big thing. It's like time is not, not linear. You know, like we're trapped in, in our bodies, and like we don't really understand time. We hanging out in our bodies. Know it. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know what I mean. So yeah. I don't know. That's like that's off the top of my head. That's the first thing I think of when I think of that season. My friend Zach had an interesting theory about the way that um, that Bob and like all the evil came into existence, and there was one thing that was kind of a theme through throughout that, and it's a theme in David Lynch's work is like this throwback to classic America, and uh, it's like they had oh, that episode yeah. about the atomic bomb, uh, yeah. and his theory was that man created something that was so evil that didn't exist before that it opened up this portal right. to another totally. dimension where evil totally. existed and it came totally. into ours. And there's a lot of wacko conspiracy theorists, people out there that think, you know, that nuclear bombs ripped open holes in, like, in the time-space continuum, and, that, and that, that's what brought in a lot of twisted shit. But, I mean, there's, our planet's been around for way too long. Yeah. You know, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know what's going on. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, the Earth is uh, is old as fuck. Creating anything evil in concept like that is definitely going to spawn more and more evil things. Yeah. Because it proves its existence in the yeah. universe. Right. That means if it's like 
the way that I think about it is like with school shootings or shootings in general. Mm. It only takes one person doing it. I remember when the Las Vegas thing happened last year, and that was not quite the scale of 9-11. It was to a smaller degree. Right. It was like we didn't know that that kind of evil could fucking exist Mm -hmm. with someone and that it was terrifying to us. I think especially now in America and in the modern world, we live this very safe life and we live a very good life. And because of that, we tend to look the other way on the bad things Mm -hmm. of why do we get to live this good life? Yeah. And everything comes at a cost. And the intensity of it seems to have exponentially grown just in the last, since media, since internet and everything, like everything, like, you know, you don't look at your phone or your computer for a week or two, you're like, man, things are like actually good, peaceful, but as soon as you look at your fucking computer screen, like, it's just, everything is just intense, man. Yeah. You know? But it's also reality. Like, there's no escaping that. Like, our that that whole world is is just as is becoming just as much of a reality as the rest of our world, unfortunately. Um, but that's the thing, man. It's like it's it makes me think of the. Did you, have you seen the the new uh, Mr. Rogers? No, I haven't. Film. You should see it. Uh, it's fantastic. But like his whole mission and purpose and clarity, like was back when television first started. Like, he was an ordained minister and saw television when it first started. It was just, like, trash. He was like, God, what is this? But he also was like, you know what? This is, this could be an amazing tool to transform children's lives. Wow. He decided not to be a minister and to go into television and do that wow. for that reason. But it gets sad because as the movie goes on, it's like, that's when, like, 9-11 happened and he's older and he's like... He just like started feeling hopeless. He's like, I don't know what I can do with the evil in this world. Like he can't. But the way he was like combating it, like from his early pure career on, was amazing, dude. Yeah, yeah you should go. You should go check that out. Yeah, it's, I've it's seen a special. a couple of trailers I mean, for it online. It's so good. It's so it's so pure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is good in this and he world. Wrote, he he wrote every all the songs sang all the songs, he built the sets, he did all the voices, all the puppets, he did everything. I didn't know that. Everything, which is not unlike David Lynch. David Lynch does everything. Yeah. Yeah, every, uh, every chain uh, in, the, in the link, so to speak, it yeah. kind of takes care of. Yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend that, that movie. I just saw it last week. Dude, are they playing it down at the Belcourt? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's still there. Yeah, the Belcourt's a great place. Yeah, there's so many it great is. places. Uh, it's one of the few old Nashville institutions that's still alive and well. Really? So it's been yeah. there a while. Oh yeah, Forever. and you and almost went down several times. They had fundraisers and backers to keep it alive. Yeah, it's an, a non-profit, right? A community theater. Uh, I, I think so. I don't know if it still is. I know it yeah. was at one time. I hope it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. So you grew up here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. What was growing up in Nashville like versus what uh, it is today? Great. It was a small town. It wasn't at all what it is today. How was it different? Like when I was a kid, you could go downtown on 2nd Avenue and Broadway, and it was a ghost town. Really? All the storefronts on 2nd Avenue. The only thing on 2nd Avenue was this old spaghetti factory. It was the only thing down there. All those storefronts were like vacant abandoned yeah nothing and Broadway was like scary I heard it used to be seedy scary porn theaters that kind of all that shit and like gambling rings and like they'd have tables they'd be gambling if the cops were coming they'd flip them over and it'd be like a table oh shit that's (laughs) like the old west (laughs) but like in the 70s Broadway was kind of booming from what I hear like it was like like when Willie and those guys were on you know it was kind of like a thing because it was new and then like the 80s and 90s it kind of just like went downhill and it was just seedy and sketchy as hell there was still good music going on down there but it wasn't like it is now it wasn't Mm -hmm. the music was probably way better because I had a friend who uh who played down there, he, he worked at my, my last job with me, he was a groundskeeper, 
Um, he was he's probably in his mid to late seventies or something like that. So he was kind of down there, and he said he went into um, into a bathroom into one of the bars. It might have been Tootsie's or something like that. And Merle Haggard was in there, and he was rolling up a a joint, getting ready to smoke. Oh yeah, and uh, it. He, he went up to him and he's like, "I'm a big fan of your music." And he said, uh, "Great, you want to smoke this joint with me?" <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah. There's not much... I mean, there's still... There's people like that everywhere, you know? Yeah. But a lot of those people just, like, don't want to go out anymore, man. That, like... I love Nashville, and I always will, but that Nashville is fucking dead, dude. It is gone. It's gone. I have a, another buddy who's who grew up here, and he said that Nashville's kind of corporate now. Very based on what it used to be where it was was kind of this rough around the edges well there was always always been a corporate world just because of the country music industry but like just in general not the music just everything yeah like restaurants and just like dude everything like especially East Nashville where I live I mean the epicenter kind of for culture in Nashville yeah I mean like I think about the like early 2000s over there like how great it was like there was a lot of great music and a lot of great things going on and, and there's still good stuff going on but now I just I just don't want to I mean I've become very insular I don't really go out and see many shows anymore just because most of it does suck I mean it's mostly people coming here to be part of what they think is cool, but it's not cool anymore. I think that's a very <laughs> accurate description. Hard, hard for a lot of people to swallow. Even people that live here would hear me say that and be like, fuck you, you're an asshole. But it's the, it's the truth. It's the truth, man. There's, like, there's, there's always going to be great music here. And being a musician here, you're going to get better no matter what. And that's the, 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 the most beautiful thing about this city is like how good you can become as a musician just being here. And playing mm-hmm. um, because you're surrounded by amazing musicians all the time. Um, but I mean, there's very few people I'll, I, I I even want to go out to see anymore. You know, there's, I don't even feel like there's a, I I don't even I'm not even aware of a scene anymore. It's so saturated now. I don't even like people ask me like, is there like what's the scene? Like I don't know. Like, my only, and because of that, I just, like, like I said, I've become so insular. Like, I only, the only music I listen to is, like, my friends, people that I've made records with, and, like, I mean, I want to hear, I want to hear music, mm-hmm. but every time I hear it, I, I just, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. It's so watered down, and so safe, and so boring, and this whole Americana bullshit. That oh, that, yeah. like, that sparked it all, and that's what's brought a lot of people here. And they all wear the same stupid shit. They all have beards and they wear the stupid hats. Uh, people are not going to like hearing this. No, this is, I talk a lot of shit on this podcast. True, so. It's true. It's true. Like, no one is just like, they're all like playing watered down Ryan Adams. And like, I was seeing Ryan Adams play at 12th and Porter when I was a freaking teenager. And I didn't even like him that much. No. I thought this is watered down Paul Westerberg. So it's like, even, <laughs> it's the trickle down of that. It's yeah. like, even worse. It's so bad. So bad. Well, but, everything but, feels like a slogan. Every time you shake someone's hand, I feel, in, in Nashville, they start instantly listing off their resume to you while they're scanning the room to look for someone else to talk to who might be able to help them further their career. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that goes on a lot, too. And I think that's the one of the things that rubs me the wrong way because... For me personally, and I'm sure it's similar for you, I do this for the art of it and because I love it, and it's something that lives inside of me, and I feel like it's false when people act that way, and it's also incredibly disrespectful to the music. Totally, totally. Well, what's sad, though, is a lot of those people probably also feel that way, the same way you do and and I do, but they just get lost in all that shit, man. It's like... There's just so much shit here now. It's hard to not get lost. Yeah. You know, especially like moving here like as a new person and not knowing anyone. Oh, yeah. And getting caught up in this. Like, I've seen so many talented people move here and they're like these just like pure, 
cool people, and then and then like three weeks later, they're hanging out with these people, and they're wearing cowboy hats and fucking boots and chaps and like Gross. all this shit, and they're like really talented people. But I'm like, where did you go? Yeah, where did you go? You got to stay real. <laughs> you got to stay in touch. But everyone's trying to find themselves, you know. Like I don't know. Well, that ties it back to what you were saying about Dougie Jones mm-hmm. and in Bad Cooper, and it's That's like funny. The whole time we were making Perf, too. Yeah. Uh, Pat Sansone's obsessed with Twin Peaks. So really? Like, and it, it was just, it had just kind of ended, or it was ending, so we were all, like, just Into talking it. about it. But every take, it'd be like, are ready? Like, Dougie Jones. Dougie Jones. <laughs> Before every take, be the Dougie Jones. He's facing but, the wrong yeah. way, looking at the wall, yeah. hitting the wall, thumbs up. <laughs> I think yeah, there's too. there's hope in, in Nashville still. Uh, I always Dude, there's always hope in Nashville. Good. Don't okay. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. And but the thing is, to me, it's just like there's to me right now, it's just like so oversaturated, and it's there's become too many fads. Probably not unlike Seattle became like when grunge happened. You know, yeah. after that, that the whole aftermath. Not that there was like an amazing scene that happened here and there's an aftermath. It's just Nashville is like the cool city. So it's just like so saturated now that the cool stuff is like a lot of the cool stuff can't even afford to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. One. And two, the cool stuff that can afford to be here anymore is probably because they're like grandfathered in. But they also don't even want to get out and be a part of everything else. They don't want to, you know, like there's the whole like trad country Americana scene and a lot of my friends are in it and, and I love them to death and they're all very talented people but like it's a fad it's just straight up a fad mm-hmm. you know and I just bust their balls all the time it's like man I liked it the first time it happened so if you're gonna do it can you at least just like come from a pure place lyrically to like freshen it up you don't what have to write songs that have in a roundabout way have already been written but just with your own clever way of using lyrics like like, come on. Like, you can, you know, you can do better than that. Well, I have something to counter that. I would say that there is a scene here, mm-hmm. and I would say... And I'm just talking about that scene. I'm not sure. in East Nashville. There's a, I know there's a lot of good rock and roll music going on. Here, yeah, yeah. But I have a hard time thinking, I mean, it's, everything's derivative. But I don't have a right to talk either, because I don't go see much live music enough anymore. And I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Yeah, I would say you guys are part of the scene... Alana Royale, Thelma and the Sleaze, those kind mm-hmm. of bands. Yeah, I like those. I like those girls because they're uh, they're all real and kind of authentic, mm-hmm. and there's something true about them, and that's what I think draws draws me to them personally, and that's why I like your music is because it is authentic and real. It's just for every 99 bands, there's a one Justin in the Cosmics or one Thelma and the Sleaze or one Alana Royale. Mm. They're just harder to find now, but yeah. There's a concentration of them here, and what's good is, is good, and it's little, yeah. in its pocket, and I think eventually, it it's gonna keep growing, and I can totally see. And one thing we were talking about before we kind of started today, was your new record. I I think, that this record is gonna be really big for you guys, just for for touring or something like that. I would I would love to see you open for, a huge arena band like the like the Flaming Lips or the Black Keys or someone who's yeah. huge like that. I can totally see it, and this record is it. A great, pure advertisement for something like that. Hey, we're all about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. Hey, we need someone to make that happen for us because we're not very good at doing that. <laughs> yeah. Although I should be. I mean, I'm connected just to a lot of people, and I just don't, every time I feel like I talk to people in that world, it's, I get lost, and I shut down. And I, I don't know. I don't know. We yeah we need we do we do need that. Help us out with that, man. I'll help you out. <laughs> I don't know how much I'm helping gonna be, but I'll try any way I can. Yeah, no, it's tar- It's hard. It's hard. That that's the whole. That's another thing too. Is the whole business. Like like we were saying earlier, people like they are coming from a good place, but they get so caught up in like the networking and working the business and making shit happen part that you lose yourself, you know? The word and networking I've done that. just makes me feel But what gross. I'm saying is, like, that happens, and, like, and I've done that, and I, like, I, like, would rather be dead when I'm, like, in that world. Like, 
I've lost myself in that shit like so many times and like I'm just not gonna do it I'm not gonna freaking do that shit anymore man you know but I don't know I've got a lot of friends that are doing well and I guess I could just but the thing is even like it's hard I'm not the kind of person that wants to ask friends for favors you know um but even then, it's like they, they're not the ones that can even make the, the answer. It's like there's people that they're, Everybody has that a are master. doing it for them, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't figure it out. But, but yeah, we deserve it. You do deserve it. I, I think it'll come in, in time for sure, you know, and as, especially with this, with this record, it, it was just as 10 seconds into it, I was like, I, I can totally see them opening for... Like Jack White or the Black Keys or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know how that's going to happen, but we'll do it. Wish it into existence. <laughs> I don't know if I wish it. That's the problem. <laughs> I prefer playing in small venues, but no, I would, I would totally, I mean, I love, I love what Jack White does. You know, I would love to, to, to uh, be a part of that for sure. Yeah. Do you listen to his new record? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't crazy about it, but... What did you like about it? I don't know. I just feel like it's too, like... Uh, I feel like a lot of the guts that I was attached to when I used to listen to the White Stripes and stuff are missing. Mm -hmm. But that's just me because I'm attached to the earlier stuff. And But I also feel like he's one of those artists that's so capable of, like, you know, like Neil Young wrote Rock in the Free World when he was 45 years old. Mm -hmm. Amazing song. And, yeah. like, their performance, I don't know if you've ever seen it, on Saturday Night Live when that song came out is maybe the best live television performance I've ever seen and ever will see. Um, I feel like he's one of those artists that's capable of that, and I want to see him do that. He hasn't done that. I feel mm -hmm. like it's just too... It's not safe. He'll never be safe. He's like a pure artist. Yeah, but I want to see him do that because mm -hmm. he has that. Like he has the potential to write lyrics like that. Yeah, and For I sure. haven't heard any lyrics uh, from him lately that are that big. Yeah, I would agree he, with he, that. I feel like he's in a position where he he's almost like obligated to write something big. Yeah, that's which a, doesn't that's make a sense. Up to thing me. to say, but like it's true. Like he's kind of he kind of has to. Yeah. Do you think because the Leonard third Cohen man wrote Hallelujah when he was in his forties too? You know, like Jack is like one of the only few people I can think of that are like big stars that actually have the ability to still write a song that's like bigger than life, mm -hmm. and I want to see him do that. Yeah, that's the whole thing with me. Cause like I, <clears throat> I mean, I love what he's doing. It's cool, especially his guitar playing. But like, it's not catchy. Like his other stuff was either. Like if you're gonna be safe ish, at least like be really catchy. Yeah. It's not catchy. He like, didn't have anything yeah, that right. really popped on this this record. I wasn't a fan of it either. Lazaretto. Being such a hater. This whole thing. Dude, I'm a hater I'm all the time. On this I love all these people. I'm just like I'm just putting all my opinions out there. I uh I really loved Lazaretto. That was that's probably my favorite work of his out of everything that he's done. Wow. Yeah, I feel like it's his most concise. Um, Damn. With his new record, I feel like... I think Elephant's the best thing he's ever done. Really? Yeah. Is that the one with Seven Nation Army on yeah, it? Yeah, it's the first song on the record. Okay. Why do you think that one's the best? I just think all around, the production and the songwriting, everything is mind-blowing to me. Still And timeless. Still, I mean, their their records previous to that were great, but that one was one, one was like the first time I heard it, I was like, "Holy shit!" You just went, "How did he even do that?" Mm -hmm. How did he do that? Like, I want to hear that from him because yeah. he's like he's one of the few people that's like that big that I feel like could still come up, come out, just come out with something that's like, "Holy shit!" Of course. My friend uh, Micah Berkowitz, he um, he said that right now, everybody that kind of I'm tw I'm 26, so everybody that was coming up 
in the era where I was in high school, and I would even include maybe Jack White, even though it was before that, everybody is in the 80s phase of their career. And everybody had a bad string of records. Oh yeah, in totally. the 80s, including Neil Young. And yeah, including, including Neil Young. But and he ex- Cohen, you they know. experimented though. Right. So experimentation doesn't always land. No, no I, I agree. I agree. And I love. I'm like a connoisseur of Neil Young and his really bad records. I love a lot of his really bad shit because I just love him so much. You know. Uh huh. But yeah, no, and I and I've had that conversation about Jack White too. I think that. He's probably in that phase. I like. I want to think he's in that phase. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna come back. I mean, he's back. He's, he hasn't gone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but I, there's. I just want to see him do something he like huge because mm-hmm. I felt it from. I he's he has it. He has the that thing, and like I want to feel that again. Yeah, that magic. Yeah, I've always felt that way a little bit about the killers. Um. Because they had, they came out of the gate so freaking hot with that first record, Hot Fuss. It's the one with Mr. Brightside, Somebody Told Me, all these things I've done. Uh, and they blew up, and they've had, they've had hits, and they've been consistent since then. You know, every record at least has a couple of songs that are, that are good on it. But I always, and it's like the Stones. The Stones did the same thing. They were in their 40s when Start Me Up came out. And that was a huge yeah. hit, and it's one of their signature yeah. songs. Like, as yeah. equally as signature as Satisfaction. Totally. So I think a lot of artists, they have ebbs and flows. And sometimes, maybe, when they, when they start to go down musically, their life is going up. Maybe they just had kids, or maybe they're getting a divorce and a bad record comes yeah, out. Yeah, you never know. It's all, it, yeah. It's, but there is an ebb and flow, and that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. You can't always be up there. No, you can't. Because you can, you know, you can't have a, a rainbow without a little bit of rain. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you have any funny gig stories uh, of a time that maybe you really ate shit or you didn't show up prepared for something when you were a kid that taught you a valuable lesson? Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, they're all they're all retarded to me. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of oh there was one we played downtown we never we've never played downtown uh-huh and why would we why should we yeah <clears throat> but this guy asked us to play at a place called Acme oh yeah um this is probably two years ago maybe and uh we were a little hesitant but we decided to do it they were gonna pay us like 200 bucks and let us drink free beer so we went down Sold. to play, loaded in, and it was super weird. Like everybody's like sitting around eating fried chicken and like there's really very like uh, safe music going on, playing. And we get up to set up and play, and they got like all these plexiglass things like in front of like <laughs> the guitar amps and the drums oh, yeah. and bass, like you know, like that kind of like church kind of vibe. Uh huh. Um, it was still fun. We just set up, started playing, and it was very uncomfortable. We, you know, so we were trying to like kind of be safe, you know, just like not, 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 you know, not feel like our normal shows. Just kind of like keep it together. And we, yeah. So anyway, so like I decided to like, like grab them, grab the mic. I'm not playing guitar, so I'm like. I just like hold the mic and the sound man like started doing this to me like I had no idea what he meant it was like like so giving the sign to like yeah. at his neck like cut it off I was like what so like I just took the mic off the stand and like get, I started walking around and he ran up to me he was like you can't do that the microphone's gonna feed back blah 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 what, what were you like, doing Standing there with the mic off the, I took it off the stand, <laughs> and he was sitting there. Was <laughs> just like feedback. walking around, and he came up and started yelling at me. It's like, dude, I've been. You have no idea how many shows I've played in my life. I'm yeah. like, I know what to do with a microphone. So we keep playing, and he's just. They're just being like dicks. So I decided, but I was just like, you know, I don't know. The, the 
the people that were there were enjoying it. I was just like, you know, I wasn't being a jerk. Yeah. I wasn't yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he came up again the third time saying that I can't walk around with a microphone because it's going to feed back. So that's like, that's like your show. Like, yeah. So, well, it's everybody's show. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't do yeah. that? So I decided to go grab one of the plexiglass things off of a guitar amp and sit it in the middle of the stage and I just got like behind the plexiglass <laughs> with my microphone so it wouldn't feed back. Was he pissed? Oh my God. After that, so in the middle of that, he came up, grabbed the plexiglass, put it back on the amp and we thought we were still playing but apparently he cut the vocals off. We could hear him on stage but he cut them off and then we got another song. I don't know why they even gave us another song. We, this was our third song. Damn! So, we so you were two song, songs deep at this point. Third song, and then by the end of the third song, they had like they had like these seven foot bodyguard dudes standing next to the stage. Like this is it, you guys are done. And they kicked us off the stage. We played three songs. They kicked us off the stage. That's really punk rock. It's not punk. I mean, it's punk or yeah. whatever. But I mean, it's like not. Yeah. The fact that like that's what we did, and it pissed them off that bad. That's true. They were grabbing. You weren't even cutting yourself. They were grabbing us by the shirts. Like, cause while we were loading off, it's like you guys have to get out of here. And the guy was like being a total dick. Oh man, it was it was a mess. It was a mess. It so I'm mess. guessing you didn't go back there so, to play again. No, of course not. <laughs> course not and never will i mean like that see but that to me like that was like a perfect example of like what has become of nashville like that's amazing people want to like yeah i mean but that's the thing we like we a few of us almost got into fight this guy and i was like dude i have some other friends that work on broadway i was like don't ever touch a security guard because if you do they will punch you in the face and call the cops and the cops will take you to jail you can't win really yeah Shit. So, well, on that, that note, I have an a interesting show, but like we got a great photograph out of it. Really? That I'll put I'll put it up whenever I promote the show. People won't be able to see it, but I'll uh, I'll show you if I can find it. If you want to see it, real quick. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, for sure. You can put it on the podcast. Um, do you have any upcoming shows? We're playing uh, July twenty seventh at Fond Object with a band called Go Fever. Mm-hmm. They're from Austin. They're great. Um, they asked us to do a show with them. I, I think that's either a Friday or Saturday, but it's at the out. It's outdoors at, in the backyard of Fond Object. Mm-hmm. You know where that is? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the next show. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, to uh, to end things, I have a I have a quote here. That's the photo. Real quick. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, I've seen this picture before. So it's a picture of you behind the pec- uh, the plexiglass, just leaning in front of it, laying on the ground, and there is a PBR in front of the, pexi- or the plexiglass. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. We got jerked off the stage really quick after that. I picked out this quote to end things today. I was hoping that you would read it, if you could read my handwriting. Okay. <clears throat> I have to read this. Yeah, if, if you if you want to. In, intuition? Intuition, yeah. I, I write like a serial killer, sorry. Intuition is the key to everything. In painting, filmmaking, business, everything. I think you could have intellectual ability. But if you can sharpen your intuition, which they say is emotion and intellect, joining together, then it... Do you need me to is read it? it? Toughness or knowledge? A knowingness. <laughs> then a knowingness occurred. <laughs> David Lynch. I like that. That's very David yeah. Lynch. Yeah. Hey, thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you. Born is Born is Don't be so
Sometimes it's so hard just to give a damn That might turn you off, but hey, I don't give a damn Thank you.